0: All right, folks. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast family. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is uh, 2022, uh, first actual podcast of 2022. I know you probably listened to last night's podcast with me, uh, just just reminiscing on, on some New Year's resolutions, things like that. But that came out a couple hours before 2022 actually hit. Uh, this one actually posts. And this one, we get to talk about a Nuggets game. We get to talk about the Denver Nuggets, as shorthanded as they are, uh, cruising to a win over the Houston Rockets. Final score, 124-111. Game was not as close as it seems. Uh, Denver won the second and third quarters, 69-43, uh, to 43, really separated themselves in that fourth and then maintained that lead all the way up until about the midway point. Of the fourth quarter, where the, the wheels finally came off and Houston made a, a massive comeback, but they only got to 111 and Denver wins by 13 points and they kick off the new year, right? I would say uh, this is the kind of game that you have to win. This is the kind of game that if you're the Nuggets, you can't drop, despite the fact that you're shorthanded, despite the fact that uh, there's not a lot of things that are going your way. This Nuggets team. They know that they have to get these wins, and this is the stretch where you really have to capitalize. Uh, so it was nice to see them make good on that, and it was great to see uh, the the leader of the clubhouse. Nikola Jokic gets into foul trouble in this game, and, and you start to wonder where the energy is going to come from, how you're going to deliver. Let me tell you, Faku Kampazzo was fantastic, and we're going to dedicate this first segment to Faku Campazo alone. He was fantastic, but... Faku Magic was on display tonight in Houston. Let's just go through the numbers here real quick and then we'll talk about the moments. Uh, 22 points, 12 assists, four rebounds, five steals, two blocks. did have four turnovers, but that's a 12 to four assist to turnover ratio. so I'm not really worried. Uh, seven out of 11 from the field, three of five from three, five of five from the line. This was a fantastic faku game. He was everywhere, on both ends of the floor, making an impact with his passing, his energy, his defense, his shooting. It was great. It was it was the all encompassing Faku game that you're really hoping for. And if I'm not mistaken, I think 22 points is a career high for him in the NBA. That's great. Like, he, he was just in his bag for this entire game. And let me take you through some of the plays. The nutmeg pass that he had to Jamichael Green for a dunk uh, through Christian Wood's legs. Christian Wood played eight minutes. He was uh, he did not have a good day today. He broke a team rule according to Stephen Silas, the Houston Rockets head coach, didn't start the game, came off the bench for eight minutes, didn't even play in the second half. And during those eight minutes, Faku abuses him. Christian Wood, minus 17 in eight minutes, and he's probably their best player on that team. And it's just hilarious that it didn't matter to a guy like Faku. It didn't matter to the Nuggets that he was out there. That uh, that there was there was a window there for Faku to take, and he absolutely took it with a nutmeg pass. He's the best nutmeg passer in the league, particularly because it's the the best angle for him to pass the ball at times. So he makes it happen on a consistent basis. Uh, he had a layup at the buzzer. In the first quarter, hustling down the floor. The Nuggets ran a really good play. Where I'm not sure if it was Will Barton or somebody else, maybe it was Vlacko, uh, but somebody passed it out to mid-court, and it allowed Faku, who was in the backcourt, uh, to get a, a just a head of steam going down towards the basket. Person catches it at half-court, dishes it back to Faku, who dribbles it all the way down, gets the ball onto the rim. It gets blocked, but it's a goaltend. And I think he got fouled on the play too. So three-point play to end the game or end the quarter when you've got under five seconds left. That's a really, really big swing. And there were a number of those tonight where he has the ankle breaker on the perimeter, where he's he's dribbling out on the perimeter looking for a window and just absolutely steals the ankles. I, I can't remember who it was on, but he steals the ankles of the, the player on the perimeter, dishes the pass, they flashy pass off to Aaron Gordon for a layup. Uh, he had another flashy drop-off pass to Jokic for an easy layup. He had he hit another buzzer beater to end the third quarter, where he's dribbling in the middle of the lane. and Or it might have been to end the half. I, I could be wrong about this, but I think it was to end the third quarter, where he's dribbling down. And he's trying to get to the lane, and he turns back around and shoots a moon ball to the roof. And it drops right through the net, uh, I think it was, to end the third quarter. And it was just a really great way for Denver to capitalize on what was some great momentum that he had provided, that he had offered energy-wise, where he just finds these guys on these passes. He he had great chemistry with Aaron Gordon consistently. He had good dump-offs to Jokic consistently. Uh, threw some great pick-and-roll passes to Jermichael Green, hit, uh, I think, Vlaco Chanchar for a three. There was just a lot. There was a lot that he did. And it's just really impressive to see him take advantage of this opportunity where you're going against a very young and inexperienced backcourt. And he delivered on the offensive end in, in his best offensive game of his career, to be clear. And the defense was almost, if not more, fantastic. Because he made life hell. Not as much for Jalen Green. I thought that Green had a really good game going against Faku specifically, but against Kevin Porter Jr. and against uh, Josh Christopher specifically. Those two guys were in hell. Just a really, really tough sledding for those two. Where they didn't really have a lot of flexibility going at Faku, going at. Denver's defense, where Faku was the tip of the spear on a lot of occasions, he was playing the passing lanes, digging into Tice, Jay sean Tate, uh, Christian Wood for one, Armani Brooks for another, uh, was doing a great job of being everywhere on the court, just hustling every single place. And Faku said, or uh, Popeye Jones said post game that Faku had eight deflections on the game, had he had five steals, obviously. The leader in deflections per game in the NBA this season is DeJounte Murray at 3.8. So eight is pretty good. Having eight doubles up the leader. And I know the, the deflections can fluctuate for sure. But having eight in a game, it really does encompass when Faku can take advantage of some of these inexperienced players. He eats them for breakfast. He's kind of like the Argentine version of Chris Paul where he's going to make the right decision almost every single time. Almost every single time. And in the pick and roll, you could see that with Aaron Gordon. You could see that with uh, a lot of Denver's uh, pick and roll options, whether it was Jokic, whether it was AG, whether it was Jermichael Green, uh, even Bull Bull, actually. Uh, I thought that Faku had a fantastic game. He deserves all of the credit for this. Just a brilliant one, and I wanted to celebrate that in this new year with its own segment because he absolutely deserves the praise. Uh, Denver was without so many guards tonight. Uh, sure, Austin Rivers did play, and he he didn't play well. Uh, Will Barton was was fine in this one, just just pretty good. But they don't have Jamal Murray, they don't have Monte Morris, they don't have PJ Dozier, Marcus Howard's out. It's like there's just so many guys that they're missing right now, and it starts to become really difficult on players like Nikola Jokic when you don't have enough other guys to step up. Well, Thaku stepped up tonight. He stepped up in a major way, deserves all of the credit. I'm still getting attacked by Argentina fans for some of my Faku takes and, and ones that I've made pretty public and pretty strongly. I'm not going to back down from those, and especially ones that pertain to the playoffs and what Denver's going to need when the playoffs come around. Uh, they haven't changed and that's okay but it's nice that on a game on the new year where it's clear that the energy was lacking initially that Denver needed a jump start Faku was the guy to give them that faku was the MVP of the game deserves that praise deserves that credit and I wanted to make sure that he had that clear as clear as day let's take a break When we come back, we are going to talk about the rest of the starting lineup, including a a foul-trouble Nikola Jokic. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, those always help me out. So they help grow the program. And if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Really appreciate your time. Uh, if you're a returning viewer or a listener, welcome. Really appreciate it. Um, all right. Let's get into the rest of the starting units, uh, starting with Nicole Jokic, who- he was good. Uh, it's hard to hard to really talk uh, that much about Jokic tonight. He didn't play that much. 25 minutes, according to the box score, I had him at 26. Uh, 24 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, uh, zero steals, one block, four turnovers, was a plus seven tonight in their 13-point win. They didn't really need him to be at his best in order to win this game, and that's okay. Uh, but he was in foul trouble for much of it anyway, where I thought that Daniel Tice being out there, he, he only had two fouls in this game. And, and it's, it's just crazy that this is now two games in a row going up against Daniel Tice, uh, dating back to that 95-94 barn burner at, uh, uh, at Ball Arena where Michael Porter injured his back, where uh, Tice also got away with a lot of physicality there. And I wonder if it's just the way that he's being physical, the way that he's handling this matchup that is making things a little bit more irritating, a little bit more difficult for Jokic. He still had a good game, uh, but I think it's wearing on him. I think that kind of physicality where calls aren't necessarily made all the time, it can be really frustrating. And sure, uh, Jokic had nine free throw attempts, He like, but two of those were of the technical foul variety. They weren't uh actual fouls where he he drew the foul and, and got contact and, and whatnot, but it's so difficult to it's so difficult to referee Jokic. I know my good friend Adam Maris has made this point on several occasions that it's really tough to give him the the correct whistle and, and make sure to uh, both call him on his BS when he gets uh, some BS but then also protect him when others are fouling him. And it's, it's just a, a fine line that the referees have to walk with his play style, because one of the things that he really does is he tries to avoid contact with his shots specifically. So many players, uh, big men specifically, will do their best to draw contact with their arms, with their chest, with, where, where the ball is going up through the contest of somebody else, it becomes clear that somebody gets hit on the wrist or the hand or what, whatever. Or the, the contact is jarred loose. What Jokic does really well is he protects the ball really well from defenders that sometimes it can be really difficult with his finesse shot to see the contact in real time. Or at least imply that, okay, maybe a little bit of contact happened, but it didn't bother the shot. The problem is that Jokic, being the finesse shooter that he is, he needs space in order to shoot that shot. If he's not, like if, if he's being contacted at that point, then sometimes he will miss it because it it can disrupt him a little bit. I'm okay that he got pretty tired and uh, he, he had four fouls. He played 25 minutes, and that's okay with me because uh, Denver, they didn't need a massive Jokic performance in order to take a game against the worst team in the Western Conference. That's okay. That's an okay thing. Uh, it was nice to see Jamichael Green play 21 minutes, Bowl play 20, Rajon Tucker play 22. Uh, it, it was much better in that regard uh, that Denver was doing things the way that they were. And he still finished with twenty-four points, eleven rebounds, and three assists. It's not like he had a super bad game. The problem is that when when he, like when he gets called for, ticky tack fouls, on the opposition, and then those ticky tack fouls aren't given to him, it can be pretty frustrating. Of course, so I don't think I, I think that he gets more disadvantages than a lot of other NBA stars. I think it's hard to quantify. I've seen, um, like I think, what we've 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 seen these stats before, where people have compiled the last two minute report and the number of times that a player has been disadvantaged on the last two minute report when it hasn't been called. Uh, Jokic led the league in that last year, and over the course of his last three or four years, he's compiled enough times where he's been disadvantaged and it hasn't been called uh, that it is kind of surprising. He had that again multiple times earlier this season. I wonder if uh, he gets to the point uh, where, because like, so, that has to happen in the first forty-six minutes of the game too, not just the last four, not just the last two. So, I hope that it gets straightened out as Denver gets more talent in the door when they're healthy, pl- or when their injured players get back healthy. Maybe it'll be easier for people to see. The contact in real time. I don't know. All right. Beyond that, uh, Aaron Gordon, good as an interior scorer and as a role man tonight, not necessarily as a shooter, was average as a defender, I thought. I thought he had a couple of good possessions against Jalen Green, against Jaylen, uh, Jay Sean Tate, uh, but nothing really to write home about. It was just quality, it was just good, being in position. Uh, but he was clearly rusty as a shooter. Only played 21 minutes, missed all of his threes, missed a couple free throws, etc. Uh, but what he did really do well was when Jokic went out, uh, and even sometimes when Jokic was in there, Gordon was a good pick and roll partner for Faku, where he was setting good screens, especially in the side pick and roll on the left side of the floor. Faku would dribble towards the middle of the floor and then find the passing window, drop that ball off to Aaron Gordon, and he would take it up, and and he would power it up for a layup over a smaller defender. It was good to see. It was good to see him using his size effectively, and he's continued to do that pretty well. And it's nice to see. I, I hope that he continues to do that and that that never really leaves his game because it is the best part of his game, I think, is the physicality that he plays with. Hopefully, that continues to stick. Uh, 16 points on 15 shots, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block in 21 minutes. That's fine. That's pretty good. Uh, Yeah, 21 minutes is good for Gordon in a game like this where he was a game-time decision and you didn't know what was going to happen, but he ultimately made it work. Uh, Will Barton, quietly productive tonight. Not necessarily his best game. He didn't shoot the ball that well, but... Twelve points, six assists, five rebounds, two steals, and a block, and just one turnover. I know sometimes it can feel like Barton is doing a little bit too much, like he's having the ball in his hands a little bit too much. He only had like he had six assists and one turnover. Like that's pretty good. It's hard to it's hard to really uh, criticize that much. Sometimes like the shot didn't go in tonight as much as it probably could have, but if he hits two more threes. He's got 18 points on 12 shots, and that's pretty good. That would be pretty good if, if he was there. Uh, but even without that, I thought he did a good job of hustling tonight. thought he did a good job defensively. wasn't perfect, but I thought that between him and Austin Rivers, uh, Barton was definitely better. Barton was better uh, both from a production and a focus standpoint, and you like to see that from him. You like to see him continue to stay productive, stay efficient, and uh, just keep doing his thing. And Austin Rivers, um, mostly really bad, is what I will say. Um, seven points on ten shots, tonight. I missed seven threes. It wasn't even the missed threes, though, that I was really like, concerned about, because sometimes you get a miss, and that that happens. Like I thought that he actually took much better three-point shots tonight, because a lot of them were just catch and shoot. And he was taking them no hesitation, and that's fine. I'm not going to really blame him for missing. Uh, But what I will say is that whenever he puts the ball on the floor, he is struggling. Struggles with his handle, struggles with his passing, was just fumbling the ball everywhere tonight. And some of that could have been the thumb injury. Some of that could have been uh, him not having a great handle, but I think a lot of it was just him being in pain with his thumb And that was what made him initially a game time decision tonight. And it looked like he aggravated it late in the fourth quarter. So I am concerned about that. Uh, But what I will say is that it's kind of been a problem for a lot of the season. Is that he's good as a straight line driver when he doesn't have to do too much. But when he has to dribble in the middle of the floor, when he has to uh, make multiple moves, make, make a read or two. Hasn't been good as a playmaker. So I, I'm i a little bit concerned about Austin Rivers. Just over these last couple games, has not looked the part offensively. Uh, sometimes he's hitting the outside shot, but when he's asked to do anything more than that, it can be hit or miss, and it's mostly miss. Uh, but hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully the thumb is just a nagging thing rather than something that needs to be looked at. Okay, let's take another break. When we come back, we will talk about the bench and a surprise bowl bowl appearance. We'll be right back. final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, let's talk about bull to start off because he got the nod tonight off the bench. And uh, before, like, I thought that he actually had a pretty good chance of starting tonight. I know that many thought Jermichael Green would, and, and he he actually probably would have, let's be honest. But I thought that there was a chance that bull would start. And uh, there, there were some good moments with him. I think that he was a pretty good play finisher tonight where players were finding him off of rotation, whether they were uh, off the dribble, whether he was uh, kind of taking advantage of the space that other players were creating for him. It was pretty good. It was very much mostly good. Uh, 11 points on five of seven, three rebounds, one assist, one turnover. It was the... uh, Uh, What's it called? It was the stepping out of bounds turnover that either he travels or he steps out of bounds because he's seven foot two and he's trying to play like a guard, but his limbs are just so large uh, that it is uh, sometimes hard to control that. But it was mostly a good performance and the defense was fine. There were a couple times where he got dusted, but for the most part, he was hustling. He was trying to identify his assignments. He was doing what he could to contest. Uh, didn't get any block shots or steals today, but Denver was pretty good when his when he was out there. Not necessarily great from the perimeter, but I don't know if that can necessarily be blamed on him. Uh, he was pretty good, and he actually had a play, a couple plays with Nikola Jokic tonight. Uh, Jokic collects a ball at midcourt, uh, goes behind his back in transition, kind of fumbles it a little bit, but recovers. Bull, Bull streaks down the left side of the court. Jokic throws an alley oop pass. Bull Bull dunks it. Pretty fun. Pretty fun, fun play. Uh, another fun play was where Jokic and Bull were having a two man game in the half court where I think Jokic had the ball, then he gave it to Bull, and then Bull ran a DHO with Jokic and then passed the ball over the top, found Jokic for an and one. Pretty interesting to see him make that kind of pass to make that kind of uh that kind of read that was his only assist on the evening he didn't have a lot of playmaking responsibility but we've seen him him flash some of these passes before that when he doesn't get tunnel vision he can absolutely make those so I don't know we're just gonna have to see I he like this is a game that uh, I, I said this against I said this earlier today on Twitter he has to play against the Houston Rockets like if there's a team that he's going to play well against, it's the worst team in the West. It's a team in the in Houston that they just they have a lot of guards, they have a lot of shorter players, and got a lot of athletes. Not necessarily a super refined team, uh, but Bull, if he was going to have success against anybody, it had to come against a team like this. And maybe Houston sees this, and maybe they're like, "Hey, we could we could use a player like Bull. We like he's very intriguing, maybe." I know that they have Alper and Shangun, but might as well take a, a flyer on somebody like Bol Bol, or maybe somebody else is looking, and they can look back at this game and say, all right, he's got some skills, has some, has some basketball IQ, needs to be able to, like, need to have patience with him while he goes through the ups and downs, but there's clearly talent there. There's clearly shooting touch and passing ability. And then, obviously, everybody knows about those shot blocking, so mostly good tonight from Bull. And uh, Denver's probably going to be in the same situation tomorrow, or not tomorrow, January 3rd, where they're playing Dallas. Like I don't think that they're going to get anybody back, so they're going to probably need to play Bull again. And given that Aaron Gordon's still coming off of an injury, that Jermichael Green still probably needs to have his minutes in the 15 to 20 range for the most part, Flacco Chanchard got hit in the face, like He's going to play. Bol Bol's going to play, and I'm I'm very curious to see how he matches up with a guy like Kristaps Porzingis again. That'll be very interesting. Jamichael Green, I think he deserves a lot of credit for tonight's performance as well. Eleven points on three of six from the field, one of two from three, seven rebounds, four assists. Good to see good to see some passing from Jamichael Green. He actually hit uh, Austin Rivers for a cutting dunk. Forgot to mention that when talking about Austin Rivers, but. Michael green hits Austin rivers wide open cut obviously he had to make that pass but he did make it so he gets credit for it for sure um, good to see Jermichael green performing well good to see him in a situation where he was able to take advantage of an inexperienced front court uh, Christian Wood had nothing for him Usman Garuba had nothing for him. actually he did have a, a steal so there's there was something there but but uh, Really good performance from Jermichael Green. Definitely took advantage of the uh, Faku Jermichael Green pick and roll combo, and it was good that they were rolling most of the time. Although he did hit a pick and pop three as well. Vlako Chanchar, like I said earlier, got hit in the face, but there was a point at one time where he was one of the the leading scorers on the team. Uh, Came off the bench, had nine quick points, four or five from the field. Finished with eleven on five of seven. Didn't really do that much else, but. He tied for the team lead in plus minus a plus 19. I think he's a good contributor to what they do on a consistent basis. Uh, Pretty good defender. Pretty good uh, moving the ball. Hit a three tonight. Had a dunk in transition tonight. Hopefully his nose is okay. Uh, He was bleeding all over the court after getting hit in the face. Uh, Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's okay to to play on Wednesday, but if not, then or not Wednesday. I keep saying these weird dates. It's not gonna be Wednesday, it's gonna be Monday. Hopefully he's okay to play on Monday, January 3rd, against Dallas. Um, Rayon Tucker. Rayon Tucker came into the game and was pretty good. Was pretty good. Uh he came in after Dave On Reed. I'll actually talk about Dave Reed first. Uh Dave On Reed had three fouls one minute of play. And that's not great. You never like to see that when you're already shorthanded. You you want to have as many players available as possible. Dave Von Reed has proven to be pretty reliable. Uh, I think he's probably more reliable than Austin Rivers. Uh, he had four points in 15 minutes, one of three from the field, uh, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, one turnover, did have the four fouls, was a minus seven, one of the only few players in the minus, but he was also on the floor during crunch or during garbage time and not much else. Uh, so it is what it is, but I mean, it's pretty, pretty average performance for Davon, though he did increase his steals per game, which is hilarious. Um, getting back to Rajon Tucker uh, was a good defensive player tonight. Only took one shot, grabbed three rebounds, including an offensive rebound. That was pretty good. Hit a step back three uh, later in the game, which was pretty cool. Uh, But that was the only shot that he took and was mostly just giving the ball up, didn't really touch it that much, trying to get adjusted to what they were doing. And this was the game to get adjusted to because Houston didn't really provide much resistance. So that even though Denver was kind of playing four on five with Rajon Tucker out there, uh, they were still all right. They were still doing okay. And then Carlick Jones, uh, he's another player that they signed uh, two minutes tonight's just came off the bench really briefly. Nothing nothing special there. Peter Corneli, three minutes, hit a, hit a three. So that was pretty cool, but he did have a couple turnovers in garbage time. But I just mentioned every healthy player on Denver's roster. They have 19 total players now because they have two hardship exception guys in, actually no, three. Am I doing my math wrong? No, they have 20 guys. What am I thinking? Um... Yeah. No, they have uh, they have three guys that are out temporarily due to COVID. Uh, they have four guys that are out long-term. The rest of the players played 11 players, and then they had another – or 10 players, and then they had another three on the hardship exception deals. Sorry, it's becoming very confusing with all the, the roster spots moving on and around and everywhere. But uh, you've got Davon Reed, you've got Karlic Jones, you've got Rajon Tucker – all three of those guys. Let's see who can be helpful. Let's see, like Denver already struck gold when they got Davon Reed. Hopefully they keep him for the rest of the year. Um, not expecting too much from Tucker or Jones. Uh, just it would be unfair of me to expect too much. But hopefully they can give Denver good minutes. Uh, it to me, I think that Austin Rivers probably sits this next game. Not sure about Vlacko. He'll probably be okay, but. Not sure about it. They may want to sit him, but hopefully uh, those guys can give some good minutes because it it does seem to me like they're going to be called upon. If not Monday, then maybe soon after that, Uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for them to step up, hit some shots. We're going to see what Bull Bull has in store. I'm very curious about that, but above it all, Nikola Jokic just has to continue to be as good as he possibly can be. Uh, got into foul trouble tonight kind of held his numbers down just a little bit but still got to 24 11 and three uh, but it really was faku el magu uh, who was just fantastic tonight deserves all the credit like I said earlier uh hopefully he gives it again against Dallas we're just gonna have to see pretty straightforward win for Denver not a lot to take not a, not a lot to really talk about here um beyond what I already said. Denver's in that holding pattern. They've got to just survive. they got to figure it out. And they figured it out today. Let's just see if they can continue to do so. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast family. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. I will be back. Uh, not sure if I'm going to do a podcast for Monday. Um, maybe I'll give myself a day off. But we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see how the schedule plays out. And and, uh, I might do a mailbag or something like that. We just never know. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.